0: Welcome back to another Impact Tonight on Impact Education Leadership. This is episode 135. I'm your host, ID3, for Isaac Jordan III. Today's panelists are Buddy Thor, the product social change agent pro. He's back. Buddy, please say hello again to the people.
1: Good evening, everybody, and uh, good evening to all my esteemed panel mates. What a panel tonight.
0: I couldn't agree more. And we have Dr.
2: Isaac Carrier. Please say hello again, sir, to the people. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone. Buddy, it's good to good to hear from you again. And we have also Kendrick Bullock, NFL
0: Super Bowl winner. Please say hello to the people, sir. Well, I have a, uh, I have skills in electronics,
3: and I'm hoping to bring that for. It's to have everybody around the
0: world, especially starting with the United States. We cannot wait. And last not least, we have Dr. Larry Davis. Please say hello again,
4: sir, to the people. Hello, and thanks for having me. You know, there's nothing more exciting than going to your favorite restaurant and finding out there's new items on the menu. So you got three new items on the menu. I can't wait to see what it's all about.
0: I'm on the edge of my seat right now. You know, tonight's topic is so serious. It's so crucial. And we're going to be talking about promoting student learning. We're going to be talking about belonging. We're going to be talking about academic confidence. We're going to also be talking about empowerment. And so what better way to bring this conversation to the forefront than to have the parents that we have here tonight. Tonight's topic is, how is COVID-19 affecting student learning? School learning rubric in the past has always provided for a role play activity in which students perform characters in a society that influences political, economic, geographical, and social co-creation. We do this usually in groups, that all provide some interactive experience to maximize student learning during a unit of study for time management sake. When time management strategies lack implementation, it leaves rooms for chaos and students constantly need guidance to pace their learning and their understanding. Staying in groups and systematically moving from learning centers to learning centers upon teacher prompting is most efficient, what the educators of the past have said. Nevertheless, because of COVID-19, because we all know how COVID-19 has affected education, COVID-19 has significantly affected group thinking thinking in a form of mass practice, which is typically instructions that are being reinforced and repeated over and over again until students can start to remember and to sustain that information over long periods of time. And they need these types of skills to reinforce their learning, which ultimately, yes, we want them to be learners, but we also want them to pass these standardized tests. Students who took tests before and after COVID-19 school closures were demographically similar and all announces were limited to smaller sample sizes in the springs of 2020 and the fall of 2021. But I believe, that's why I had to bring these panelists on tonight. I believe that the learning theories of the past as it relates to behaviorism, as it relates to constructivism, that the educators have used in the past are strong enough to build from as we have pivoted toward this new technological age. First, I wanna bring to this discussion tonight is Buddy Thornton, the positive social change agent pro. Sir, you are a survivor, you're resilient, and you have a tenacity that just won't quit. What have you got going on today, sir? We know you just got out of the hospital, but and you released a book at the same time. (laughs) What you got going on currently, Buddy Thornton, positive social change agent pro. We want to hear it.
1: Well, the uh, worldwide press release for my book on ethics uh, went out this week and uh, coincided with me uh, starting rehab from uh, being in the hospital, as you mentioned. And I appreciate all the well wishes and prayers from all of our listeners. Uh, I believe that the purpose of any, anything that we go through is to strengthen our resolve as we go through it. Uh, nothing has ever thrown your way that you can't handle if you look at it from the right perspective and I believe that... Uh uh, the strength that God gives me is uh, what allows me to lean on the support system, the people who are around me that love me, my family, my wife, and people like you, my brother, and uh, and uh, that's what brings me back and that what makes me want to keep giving to these kids because uh, they're the future, uh, I'm the past, and uh, hopefully we can bridge that. That's my purpose.
0: Oh, my goodness. You know, buddy, we talk all the time, you know this, and we talk for hours. And, you know, most of the times in our conversations, you tell me, you know, Isaiah, I don't want to leave this earth until I have completely poured myself out empty. And and that's why you're still here. There's so much more for you to pour, okay? And you are the positive social change agent pro. I heard you mention the word ethics, right, when you first started talking. And and ethics leads me to not only pro-social behaviors, uh, but values. And and those values have to be to the core. Those core values have to go down to the core person, who that person is, right? And and that makes that person have that across-the-board equity, right? That, That high... Quality feedback For discussions like tonight So I want to pose this Question to you To start this conversation As a positive social change agent Why is it So necessary For teachers to demonstrate Awareness Of We're talking about In diverse settings of appropriate behavior standards and those high expectations for students at their various developmental stages or their various developmental levels. That's my first question for you. We wanna walk with you, take your time, and express to us what this should look like through your lens.
1: Well, it's an excellent prompt, Isaiah. Teachers have more face time with the kids than their parents. Statistically, parents get 37 or 38 minutes of quality time with their kids a day. Teachers get an incredible advantage, a time advantage that parents just dream about. Teachers can be tremendous role models. Role modeling is the most important thing that teachers do. Teaching is secondary to role modeling, especially during the COVID crisis, this COVID barrier that we all have to claw and fight our way through. These students are losing some of the perspective that teachers can give them through role modeling. Let's look at an average student. and let's look at middle school and high school. A middle school student is smart, but they lack intellect. And I do mean smart. These kids are whip smart. You can ask them questions and they will surprise you with the answers. I never never fail to get surprised when a a, a middle school student and some high school students answer questions with an incredible amount of, of intelligence, but they lack the intellect to know what to do with that intelligence, which tells me they're sophisticated without the experience buffer. They don't have the experience to mold that information and that sophistication into a usable thing that they can use to process and create a future for themselves they don't know how to smooth the edges they're raw but that also means they're malleable so where does that put the teacher that puts the teacher right in the front and center as a role model and so The teacher has to be aware that everything they do becomes the standard, becomes what they are showing the student is the standard. The teacher has to explain to the students not only what is the appropriate standard behavior, what is the expectation behavior, but they need to also be willing to sit down and say, this is bad behavior. This is okay behavior, but it's not appropriate behavior. It will be tolerated to a point. But this, this is optimal behavior. This is appropriate behavior. This is the expected behavior, and it must be the standard that you set for yourself. I can't set the standard for you. You need to set the standard for yourself. What they're doing is they're taking a a child who for the last two years has lost a lot of face time, has lost a lot of social interaction time, and they're helping them build the one tool that they're going to need to recover from COVID. They're helping them build an incredibly strong locus of control. Because you need an internal locus of control to navigate, especially when you're in rough waters. When you're in the middle of a storm and you don't have a strong locus of control, you can get lost in a hurry. You can't navigate. You can't find that lighthouse. The teacher's got to be that lighthouse. They need to help the student find that self-efficacy they need to help the student understand that they can't be the policeman in the classroom the student and the students as a group need to self-police themselves they need to create a strong classroom culture so when i say a teacher has to be an effective role model what i'm saying is that the teacher has the future of these children right in the palm of their hands So if you want effective students who are going to become the future leaders of our world, you need to make sure the teacher has the ability to be a very positive, strong role model because those kids are then in the right hands.
0: That was a lot. And what you said, we don't have enough time to unpack everything. I will say this, that our, our children, our students are the future. And we know that this earth is expected to populate to about 10 billion people before it's all said and done before it reaches its plateau right and so that means uh our structures are gonna have to be more uh, vertically built and constructed uh as relates to everything from farming uh to conducting business uh and to having homes right and so those Our children today are going to be those ones designing these aerodynamic cars, aerodynamic buildings. I mean, they're going to be coming up with things that we can only dream of. And so, like you said, we're going to have to give them, I think, you know, buddy, you you kind of, and I'm going to pull KB into this, but I think the word I was hearing from you was belonging, right? When you start speaking about classroom cultures, that's that's a sense of belonging, uh, a sense of building connections, right? And so love their response i want to go to kb but uh before i do buddy thorn thank you so much for adding so much value to this podcast and to actually to the world And, and uh please let us know the name of your book one more time before we go to kb
1: the book is titled contemporary society through the lens of applied ethics and it's available on many platforms
0: Absolutely, sir. We will be going out and getting that book if you haven't got it already. You know, when I think of this next panelist, a lot of things come to mind. I'm going to be good. One of the things that come to mind is, you know, KB is obviously he's talented. Uh, The the man has won, uh, you know, one of the hardest. Competitions in the world. That's the Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you know, not only that, but his facility, uh, his his talent, his his skills are are just unmatched in uh, amongst his peers. Uh, his expertise, his his aptitude. He is a, I believe, a engineer. Uh, he is uh, information technology guru his caliber of strength as it relates to uh you know information technology, uh, again, he, he was my commander in the army. Uh he ran the uh the what was it the S two or S one uh in the brigade. And so, you know, uh K B, please say hello. All of the <laughs> <laughs> Look at you now I Listen I we don't, now, now you promised we were going to be good tonight So But uh, listen Tell the times what you got going on here,
3: KB Well, what I'm doing tonight I just want to take a little time to tell you that Thank you for everybody's platform There's no right or wrong to the platforms that are taking out But there is a right way for all of us to be able to to live through our, uh, our heart and to be able to understand how to apply a level of herd immunity for the things that we're talking about now. What I do on a typically daily basis is figure out creative ways to, to get people to think outside their box. If they come up to me and tell me they need money, my thought is, let me see if I can sustain them long enough so that they can get something that they really need. Those are two The money's a tool. But I figure out I, I help them gain the upper hand in terms of creating wealth instead of using a tool that helps them to gain money. And if they need the money temporarily, food, water, whatever it may be, I show them how to
4: create wealth through themselves. And if you're right. I think that 18 months of students sitting at home, the structure in our schools, just went away and there was no expectation of structure and i'll take expectations over rules any day
0: you know i, I want to answer a question i want you to answer this question from a I, i'm gonna say a, an athletic perspective okay you know as a coach as you know as a football coach right uh because i was just talking about belonging and you came to my mind Uh, As Buddy Thornton Apostles Change Agent Pro was was giving us his response, right? About those high expectations for students at various uh, developmental stages, right? And making them have a sense of belonging in each classroom or each setting, each educational setting, right? With those connections, building those relationships, uh, cultivating those caring relationships you as a father know know all about, right? To uh, give them direction, Right. While you're interacting with them, you're giving them a direction. So, from a coaching standpoint, because we know you are uh, a resiliency coach as well, certified through um, the Master Resiliency uh, program under Dr. Karen Ruvic, I believe it was. But as a as a coach, right, as an athletic coach, making these insinuations about students and teacher roles. And instructional strategies right being the framework still used in the past are still relevant right um, to identify problems or, or challenges to troubleshoot right to you know help them be uh, found right in that chaotic maybe world or storm still giving them that sense of community still giving them that sense of belonging still engaging with them with that direct teach and then letting them work in groups and letting them see plays and letting them and showing them how to be safe to interact with other teams and and other uh, students in the gym where you know COVID-19 you know, it's highly uh, contagious. So as, as a coach, right, uh, are, are they implementing the correct strategies, keeping uh, children safe uh, while, you know, helping them learn, or, or is, is something missing from your point of view? How has COVID-19 affected student learning on the field, on and off the field? What was your thoughts?
3: Well, I know you hear a lot, but the main thing is staying on top of, of what you talked about concerning COVID-19. For me, COVID-19, the fear of COVID-19 is even more da- just as dangerous as the, the, uh, the physical demands of the, COVID, of the actual body. In other words, think about it like this. Let go of the fear. We can build a level of co- uh, uh, immunity. Amongst each other, to where we can actually bond it, and and teach our bodies through the the physical interaction, so that we don't have to deal with the, both the level of fear, and the uh, and we don't have to deal with the different types of uh, 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 pandemic symptoms. And I say pandemic symptoms because most people don't wear their masks properly. They give themselves COVID, cyst COVID symptoms. Uh, I'm not saying there's no right or wrong answer to any of the things that I'm saying, but the fear is the first thing that we all have to let go, of. and then dig deep with the things that we want to do instead of trying to figure out what we don't want to do. Figure out what we want to do. You know, we want to see that teachers are responsible. We want to hold teachers accountable for spending time with the kids, and we pay them the money. Well we let go of the money and pay the parents to stay home, pay the parents with their own money uh, for the time they can spend with their kid. kids. Kids have an, an amazing uh, way—a gift. I'll just say it. P- parents yeah. and teachers have gifts. But kids have special gifts that are spiritually... Uh, Approves. My point is that once we start to understand that beating the kids down when they come into these school programs are obviously an effective. When you think outside the box and allow the kids to be able to spend time with the parents, because the parents are the ones who are actually. Uh, the parents can get more out of the kids and with the kids and through the kids. The, they can actually uh, create a level of altruism. Altruism, I'll just say that. Altruism meaning higher level of connection. And they can get more out of those kids than we can, teaching them in older kids structure. The kids really need to make certain the kids got to stay out of the field too. Parents and fear, parents and teachers, parents and teachers, and the kids are grossly involved with things that don't, don't add value, but we, we gotta get those kids to peer out into the future, I'm sorry, we gotta allow those kids to peer out out into the future and dream what they want instead of dreaming about the negative
0: things that they did for the stand. Powerful, powerful, powerful I like that perspective I really do, I'm serious, I like that And it kind of, it it makes me want to pull From another panelist here uh, To talk more about Academic competence Right, and what I mean by that Academic competence Because Larry Davis is the person That I'm going to pull from But before I go into what I mean By that, Larry Davis Thank you for coming back to the podcast Please tell us now what you got going on,
4: Karen, sir. You know, I, this is a great conversation. So, I was actually at a Title One school today doing a career fair, a career day with them, and talking to them about the importance of staying in school. And a young man in sixth grade asked me this question: he "said Mr. Davis, why does inequality and lack of diversity continue to exist?" And why, why are we not doing, No, No, he said, do you believe that inequality, lack of inequality and diversity exists? And do you believe that racism exists? Now, we're in a mixed classroom. I have black counselors, white counselors, Hispanic counselors, right? Black students, white students. And they look at me like, whoa, wait a minute. You, you were not supposed to ask that question because they had scripted questions to ask, right? But here was the African-American young man looking at a six foot five black male said, I'm gonna ask him. And I said, so this goes with what Mr. Mr. Uh, Buller just said. I said, let me ask you a question. What is your favorite destination? Where would you like to go? He said, I'm from Philly. I would love to go back to Philadelphia. I said, oh, the city of Brotherly Love. I'm okay with that. I said, let's say you want to go to Philadelphia, but the plane that you want to take to Philadelphia was a mile on the runway. And between you and your plane are four of the planes, and they're white, they're yellow they're blue they're green it doesn't really matter what color they are but all these different colors are here to prevent you from getting to the plane that's going to take you to philadelphia are you going to focus on those obstacles are you going to focus on how you're going to get to your destination so when you look at those things the lack of this the lack of that racism inequality all those things may or may not exist based on who, who you're talking to but the bottom line is their existence can't keep you from doing what you need to do to be successful and the teacher looked at me and said, and the teacher said, I, I've never heard it explained that way. <laughs> so, are you, ready? I mean, I, this, you are. No, go ahead. I appreciate go ahead. No, so I just, so no. when, you know, I just, when, when they were talking about that, I love it. And uh, when Buddy said that about helping students to learn how to govern themselves, you know what? Before we can do that, and I know that that that's the end result. Honestly, that is the end result. When te- when students are mastering their own learning and in control of that's what that's the end result of education being that is fine. We have to put adults in front of our students who know how to self govern themselves. So we got a lot long way to go. <laughs> so I'm not trying to open up any more cans of learning, but
0: no 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 I would no, say no. that you already did. You already did, because I want to I open the panel. No, I want to open the panel. I want to open the panel up. I'm going to ask you a question, but I want to open the panel up. I'm going to open the panel up after I ask you this question. I would like to for a moment. But when I brought you on the podcast, I, I, when I asked you to come on the podcast, you know, I was thinking about three key things with you, because you did so well on the other podcast I, I was like okay so I wanna if I can get him here I, I wanna talk more about that academic confidence right I'm gonna talk more about the high expectations and I was just like who can I line up and you know Dr. Kerry literally hit me back up on the on the phone like I could make the podcast I was like, oh, that's perfect That's going to be the perfect timing And and, and that diverse perspective That I, I really, really, really Desperately needed in this mix And synthesized properly uh, I had to have all these elements, right? So, I want to talk to you about What are we looking at now as it relates to getting those high expectations, as it relates to maintaining and providing that structure, right, and as it relates to looking at data through a diverse perspective or, or a diverse lens. And with that being said, how did student performance in the fall of 2020, how was it in comparison to, a typical school year, specifically the fall of 2019.
4: What's your thoughts? So yeah, 2019 was the last year that we actually had a full year and it was right before we had the pandemic hit. And so we had, you know, we we saw test scores in the course exams, state exams. We saw those actually on the increase. We saw more threes and above on AP testing. And then we have, in 2020, we didn't have any testing because of COVID. And in 2021, we looked at, I just, I just looked at several districts with some uh, friends of mine and looked at their data, and they dropped in half because we had 40 to 45% of our kids sitting at home doing virtual learning. Here's the thing. When we look at, when we look at the, the pyramid of, t- of teaching here in Texas, we have the three T's. We have the T's we have the taught, what's taught and we have what's tested. We know that there's so much more information in the that can that can ever be taught. And there's so much more information that we teach that can ever be tested. So when you do that and you know you have a, a, a pandemic in place, we as adults should have done a much better job as aligning the TICs that were, that were essential to what was being taught that was necessary and to what was tested, what was the standard. And we would have saw an increase in scores, but instead we tried to do the same teaching, testing, and teks method that it existed in 2019, but it wasn't in 2019. In other words, the pandemic came along and and shifted the way we looked at things, shifted the way students were being taught, in the way uh, they were coming to school. But our school system didn't shift the way we were going to test, the way the, the focus on what we was going to teach, and the teks that were important to our students. So I think adults in general did our students are in service, but uh, in uh, just uh, in 2020 and 2021 because we didn't adjust to the pandemic, and the pandemic just exposed our 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 devotion to an ineffective system. We're married to an ineffective system, and it doesn't matter how bad that system get, we won't get divorced from it.
0: The panel is open. The panel is open. The panel is open. Who wants to go? Who wants to go? Who wants to go next? I have to disagree on one thing, young man. I We really
3: appreciate your truth, too, and you're gonna be surprised on, on what I disagree with. The changes are coming. I believe in everything that you just said, but the changes are already here. All we have to do is continue to allow each individual to dream, to, to dream big and to, to get them to be able to look at things from a higher perspective. Do you know how many times that somebody told me that I couldn't do something? I was told I didn't play football, I was too small. I was told I was uh, not gonna be able to uh, run track. I made it to the trials. I was told that I was gonna be able to play cop, you know, get scholarships in college, that I couldn't go through the engineering program and that I couldn't stay in the Army. I was in the Army at the same time I was doing all stuff. And again, I had to make certain sacrifices, certain things I couldn't do. I uh, I wanted to hang out with the guys late at night, but I had to, you know, I had to figure out creative ways to study all the time because I had an engineer. I wanted to be able to stay in the engineering program, and it was frustrating. But I, you know, I just added on to the dream big process and that's it all we got to do is continue to do what we're doing make allow kids to work around the current process so we can continue to dream big
1: yeah i don't want to really cut into dr carrier's time but i do want to make one comment amen larry davis you are are on target with what you're saying about the adults in the room in, in my world, when I talk to the kids and I do parent coaching, and when I do parent coaching, I have to get feedback from the kids to know what the parents are doing. And sometimes the parents get a little bit upset about that. But this is what I hear from the kids, and I think it's apropos for teachers as well as parents. When the kids tell me they are being expected to be in control and doing their thing and doing their homework and doing progressives and trying to become the future what they're supposed to be and they see parents who are out of control or who get triggered very easily or who disagree about just the simplest little things then they start to question why they're being expected to have a strong locus of control while their parents and the adults in the room are not. So the question I bring to the table to any administrator, or any trainer, any someone who goes to a campus and tries to do an in-service is why aren't we expecting the teachers to have a strong locus control? Because a locus control also means not being triggered when you know you probably would be triggered in a normal situation. Instead of being triggered, you should be able to use your higher mental faculties and work your way through a process and come to a proper conclusion to benefit the child in front of you you, because then you're role modeling critical thinking and showing the child that there is a better way other than just being triggered and reacting. So yes, amen, you are correct. We need to role model, but we also need to understand that they're humans and they're going to watch everything we do. So yes, the teacher in the room is critical and the adult in the room is critical, but yes, The expectation starts with the adult. If the adults continue to not show control, the students are going to think that once they become an adult, all those restrictions that they were given as students fall to the wayside. Is that what we want to teach the kids? That's the question that I pose, and hopefully that's where the conversation can go.
0: Mm, 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 Okay, Doctor Carrier. Okay, let me let me ask you a question. Cause I, ooh, I, I listen. I I, I I feel you, sir. I feel you, sir. Let me. This is getting good. We. Oh my God. We we're almost out of time. Doctor Isaac Carrier, sir. I I'm so grateful for you to be joining us again. Please say hello, get to the people, and let us know what
2: you got going on, sir. I know it's a lot. Hello again, everyone, uh, uh, and thank you, uh, Isaiah, for having me on again. I, I really enjoy the opportunity to partake in these conversations. Uh, currently, I'm still the principal of two schools at one at one time during the pandemic. Um, it's uh, also a time where I'm experiencing things that I, I wasn't expecting. Uh, much like Buddy, my first book uh, dropped December the fifteenth. We have done really, really well thus far. uh, The title of the book is Fighting a Good Fight, Narratives of the African-American Principalship. It's a collection of 35 contributors that wrote on the topic. And uh, it's a very, very powerful book. Again, it's doing very well. Hopefully it will become part of a mandatory curriculum in uh, in edu- educational leadership studies and, and African American leadership studies, so I'm uh, doing doing that. And of course, the the number one job is trying to be the best husband and father that I can possibly be. We understand. You know,
0: when, when we asked to come on to the podcast, the first word that came to my mind was empowerment, okay? And what do I mean by empowerment? Well, of course, empowerment is leadership, right? But it's also helping people find opportunities, helping people find and discover who they are and what is their assignment on earth, Right? And this is personal skills, this is leadership skills. But uh, how how has student growth changed since schools physically closed in March of 2020? That's
2: a question. Well student growth essentially stopped in 2020, in March of 2020. This 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 very week, uh, as a matter of fact. Um, and and as a result, students that many that were already working from a deficit from a literacy standpoint, that that gap just widened over the course of last school year, and in some cases this school year, because uh, students have been uh, not only did that did the learning stop, um, civilization. Uh, took a huge hit as well. When we start to, earlier someone was mentioning behavior, and I think in your opening we talked about behaviorism. Um, Look, we've got kids that, and this is happening all over the country regardless of the type of school or the circumstances. Uh, Kids are acting out in ways that we've not seen and in numbers that we've not seen. Uh, prior to um, this past, this this current school year, um, and I think as we reintroduce kids into the school system, into the school buildings, um, and get them accustomed to um re reintroduce to to the expectations, uh, just from a, a system standpoint, um, I think. Those of us that are in the trenches every day would say that it's, it's been difficult. Um, when we start talking about progress, you have to be very intentional. You have to understand from where where you are and where you're trying to get to. Um, in my school, we've done, um, we instit- instituted uh, intervention classes just for the purpose of math and reading literacy to try to, to fill in Uh, for the time that was missed uh, and bring kids back up to speed um, so that they can perform on those state assessments. Um, I'm not a a big assessment guy. I'm more uh, individual performance. Um, And I, I believe, and I've proven it time and time again, that if we focus on what kids really need to know and how they need to know it, we don't need to worry about the assessment it'll take care of itself um i want to go back to a point that buddy made because at the foundation of what he's talking about in terms of for the role models to actually work they have to be relationships uh what we're finding is that our teachers many of the teachers i have i'll speak for my school are great people good people um but are struggling as teachers uh, because the lift is just so heavy. Uh, behavior is is really uh, a minute by minute challenge, and it is it's all and it's always been predicated on relationships. Uh, someone earlier was also saying that you know teachers can't be the only role model. Parents have to do that, and we're seeing. Um, and experiencing some, some challenges in that area as well. Um, and, but I really want to go back to something that KB said, because he used the term herd immunity. What we really need is, and I, and I understand where you're coming from when you say that, but what we really need is herd community. Um, we're very separated, <laughs> it's, it's every man for himself uh when we start talking about climate and culture that that requires togetherness um and i've never seen and and this is my 28th year 24th as a school or district administrator and i've never seen uh, the fracture that exists uh, currently Um, we want to uh, dr lewis hold on to what was um, and not embrace the learning that should have taken place as adults through the, this past two years, uh, what I mean is there was a, there was there's always been a better way. I was conducting vir, uh, virtual meetings with my principals, you know, back in 2012 because I saw that as an opportunity to be productive, save time, um, and, and and really get at the work that we need to get at. So um, I think that our human nature wants us to run back to what was and go back to a, a place of comfort. And unfortunately, that is not what we really should be doing. We should be excelling and pressing forward, um, and, and because the adjustments that we've had to make uh, just instructionally from you know from the, as a result of the pandemic really really should be uh, where we're going my, my daughter is in college she's about to finish her sophomore year in college and has not stepped foot in a classroom yet you know, all of her learning has been online i myself teach master's classes um at the university level and um i've, I've never even been to the state where i teach so it, it's going that way. Um, we as educators have to figure out how to capitalize on those opportunities because they are numerous. We we, we know some. I think um, there's still a, a lot left to be identified and to be utilized in an effective way for instruction. But um, when, it, when it finally gets down to it is, the last thing I want to say is expectations. Um, we always talk about high expectations high expectations and i don't disagree but in in many cases guys i hate to 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 say this but it is true um it's hard to have high expectations in environments where there are literally no expectations Um, and and i think if we really really paid attention to where the political landscape is going uh, we could see clearly that um, contrary to, to what uh, KB has said, um, we, we really aren't going in the right direction. And if we don't pay attention and we, in, 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 in whatever way possible, be proactive in addressing those situations, um, we're going to find ourselves uh, somewhere where we never thought we would be. Um, our kids are hurting. Uh, we've got teachers that are struggling and fighting every day um, just wanting to do a good job and but all the circumstances when they culminate in in that classroom uh, some some of my, I, I'll tell you a lot of my kids face things that I never at their age would have even knew existed um, and I think that you know in urban centers and in some of our uh, larger uh, you know, schools where you know the circumstances in terms of just socio-economic status is uh, those, are, those are those are huge challenges that we, as educators and as a people, have to overcome. But the one thing is, we we can't have herd immunity until we have herd community, and that means we've got to get on the same page and we've got to get behind. Um, those that are making the decisions, pushing those that are making the decisions from a curriculum standpoint to do the right thing, um, and then make wise decisions as educators um, in response to to individual student needs. Well, the the comment uh, Dr. Kerry made about
4: the resistance to move forward and want to go back to what they known, that that has existed since the times of Moses, right? That is that is that that herd mentality. When 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 you look forward and you see the struggle, all of a sudden, all the bad things that behind you don't seem so bad after all. Let's go back to that, even though that wasn't what you really wanted. Uh, and and when he talked about when he said, and I, I shared the I just wrote, did the workshop in Austin and in Sacramento on working with our 4D students to find difficult, disrespectful, and disrupt. Which is a book I wrote. Uh, gentlemen uh, We're out of time.
0: <laughs> listen, we got to bring y'all back. We got to bring y'all back. But listen, this was another impactful night of the Impact of Education Leadership. We had on here tonight Dr. Isaac Carrier Dr. Larry Davis, Buddy Thornton, Positive Social Change Agent Pro, and Kendrick Bullard. We y'all come back again, brothers. I Thank agree you. with everything and I appreciate your truth. All right, well, good night.